Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. I want to talk to you about living with eternity in view. Living with eternity in view. We're doing a series really once a month as our Family First Sundays that we want to talk about that leaving that legacy for our children and our children's children. What are the most important things we want to do as Christians, as moms and dads, as grandmas, or even as that great aunt or uncle, that special aunt or uncle, to pass on legacy. And sometimes even as parents, parents, you know that even some of these basic kids' stories we tell our kids have these basic lessons. I'll be reading at night and we'll read this story about this or that, and I'll be like, oh, I need to know that. I need to remember those basic things. Sometimes even us, we forget. So we're going to talk about some basic things, basic principles, values, that we want to pass our kids, but sometimes even as adults, we forget to live out ourselves. Amen? Living with eternity in view, how do you make decisions in light of eternity? What keeps your life moving forward in the right direction? What guides your choices? What keeps you positive in the most trying circumstances? When I was younger, it felt like uh, that living your life and doing your dreams and making a mark on life and all those things, it seems like you had forever to live your life. Parents, what you know what I'm talking about? It seemed like it was like when you were younger, everything was ahead of you and you had all these dreams and ambitions and it felt like you had forever to accomplish all those things and then you get older and you realize how quick life goes by. Just the other day, Ari was only four months old and we just moved to this church. It's been eight years now and now she's gonna turn eight this year. So it's like, man, how, how can that be in only that short amount of time so much has happened? How many know what I'm talking about? It's like it just goes quicker and quicker the older you get. You get older and you learn things like life slows you down with setbacks. Everything doesn't work out like you thought it would. You learn that relationships come and go. You learn that everything changes. Your job is going to change. Your town, which you grew up in, is going to change. People change. You change. Even your dreams of what you wanted in life, your expectations on life, begin to change. And you also begin to learn that death comes to everyone, and sometimes unexpectedly. You learn along the way that Everyone dies, and how do you begin to process that? As a parent, I, uh, reflecting on today, what I would want to say to my kids as, as they grow, or if I was to pass, what would I want them to know and learn? If I were to write it in a diary and leave it to them for a generation, what would I want them to know? I want them to learn how they relate with people. I want them to examine how they spend their money, how they use their time, how they make a difference in light of eternity. And if I was to end that last little phrase on that bedtime story, so I want to kind of just take a bedtime story together, and the last phrase I would want to write on it would be this, is that life will be short, forever won't, some things matter, and some things don't. Life will be short, forever won't, some things matter, and some things don't. The problem, I think, sometimes as a young person, we get lost in our own ambitions and the pleasures of life. We, we begin to lose the big picture of how short our life is. And even in our later years, you get stuck in your own routines. You, you become overwhelmed by life's many challenges. You, then you start failing to spend your time well. You kind of burn out. You fade out. You didn't have that vitality spiritually anymore. And then without that eternal perspective... We begin our live, to live our lives based on temporary things. Without an eternal perspective, you begin to make poor choices when things unexpectedly come your way. How do I handle this? Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm panicked about it. Without that eternal perspective, we don't know how to grasp emergencies or how to grasp problems that come our way. And without that eternal perspective, you can slowly begin to drift 
away from the things that truly, truly matter. I want to get two people this morning. I'm going to get, let me get Chad and Kanan. Can you come help me for a minute? He's like, I don't know what you're doing to me. Real quick, you're going to show dad up. All right, Pastor Christian, he's going to help me here for a second. We're talking about looking down the road, and Pastor Christian is going to go down the road for us a little bit here and have this different perspective in mind. All right, Chad, Dad, can you read what the paper says right there? Impossible. Can you read what that paper says? This is my grandfather's, when he died, he left things to his grandkids, and this was his binoculars that, that he gave us. And thinking about seeing further down the road and passing things from gener- generation to generation, Canaan, can you see what Pastor, you hold that, can you read what it says? Focus it a little bit on that middle right there. Can you read what it says? Come over a little closer, Pastor Christian. Now do it. Do it. Let's see what he does. Yeah, go ahead. Flip it over. Upside down, all the way to the bottom. There it is. <laughs> Give him a hand. All right. Good job. Thank you, sir. So if you didn't know, it says, there's money under the piano bench. Go get it. That's what the sign said. And sometimes it takes that different perspective. Down the road with our natural look and our natural view and our natural eyes, we don't see, Miss T was playing the whole time. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we don't see naturally what we should see. But when that legacy comes along and we give a spiritual view to our children and to our children's children, and we can tell them down the road, if you can see down the road, you will make different decisions when you see further down the road. I may know what I'm talking about this morning, Amen. When you see further, when you get that eternal perspective and we teach our children, we can remember ourselves to see clearly down the road, we will do different things and get different rewards than if we were just seeing with our natural eyes. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14, excuse me. Things unseen. Life will be short. Forever won't. Some things matter. Some things don't. And let's look in. I'm reading the New Living this morning. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be a great thanksgiving. And God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Somebody say, never give up. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles, they're small. They won't last very long. Yet it produces for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. I love what that last verse, verse 18 in the New American says, while we look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen 
are eternal. Paul says, guys, there is going to be this resurrection of the living and the dead. We're all going to be judged. But until that day, there's this great mission. And those who participate on this great life-saving rescue mission, God's ultimate plan to redeem humanity, we get the opportunity to do that. And for those who participate, who love God and love people, there is a great reward down the road. And because I can see through the scriptures down the road, I'm making different decisions today that are gonna result in a better tomorrow. And even though I go through troubles and trials and tribulations, the glory that is set before me is far outweighing what I'm going through right now. Nothing compares you could ever go through in this life now is going to be even comparable, worth it, compared to what he's going to do for you down the road. I'm going to give you three things this morning about living with the unseen, living in light of eternity. How do you make decisions with eternity in view? And the number one is this. Live like you're letting go. Live like you're letting go. You know, most people live for the temporary. We build up our possessions. We perfect our bodies. We care about the latest whitening toothpaste or the diet plan. We get the best car. We care about our reputation and who's talking about us on Facebook. And I can't believe so-and-so didn't like my post or can't believe my in-laws said that about our last Thanksgiving meal together. We care all about all our reputation stuff, what people think about us at work and whether our bosses like us or people at our work even appreciate. Maybe they're talking about me in the lunchroom. We care about our reputation. We, We hold on to offenses. Things from years ago. Oh, yeah, I, I like them, but I don't ever trust them again. Or, oh, you know, I'm cool with them, but I don't ever want to see them at Walmart. Or, you know, oh, we hold on to all these things. But how does all that appear in light of eternity? We can spend all of our time reflecting on our problems, but how does it really compare to eternity? Scripture says, all flesh is like grass, all glory like the flower. It fades, grass withers, the flower fails. Even the psalmist said, in light of eternity, if you go through the psalms, you'll hear, life is but a mist. It's like a vapor. It's like a cold breath. It's like a puff of smoke. It quickly dissipates. James says, life appears and then it vanishes. It's here for a moment and gone tomorrow. And there's a picture of eternity. There's a guy by the name of Henrik William Van Loon. He wrote a book called The Story of Mankind. It was a thing to leave his children. And it's not like necessarily a Christian book, but it kind of categorizes history. And in that book, he begins to tell his kids about eternity, and he kind of gives this illustration. He says, I'll go to an, an, an unknown land. He said, in this unknown land, there is a mountain, and the mountain is 100 miles wide by 100 miles tall. And in this unknown land with an unknown mountain, 100 miles wide and 100 miles tall, there is a little bird. And once every thousand years, that little bird lands on that 100 mile tall, 100 mile wide mountain and pecks at it, sharpening its beak. One little pebble it takes off of it every thousand years. And he says, now fast forward and that mountain now is gone. That bird has pecked it all away. One peck every thousand years. And he said, when the mountain is gone, you'll not have spent one day in eternity. Can you imagine eternity? We are looking at an invisible indescribable eternity ahead of us and we care about what people post on Facebook. 
We care about what color cars we have or what kind of clothes we wear. We care about this earthly, temporary reputation. We care about all the things on the news and how it angers us of what happens in society. And yet, when 1,000 years has gone by, one day will not have even happened yet in eternity. How do you live letting go? How do you live letting go? Remember what faith is in Hebrews 1? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things what? Not seen. Paul says, guys, there are things you can't even begin to imagine that are not seen. Forever and forever plus a day. Things not seen. Live like you're letting go to gain it all. For this reason... Think about Abraham who left everything in his own homeland behind, went to a land he did not know to plant a country called Israel. But the Bible says in Hebrews that he said he wasn't really looking for this earthly temporary land. He was looking for the city which foundations is God, this eternal heavenly city. He knew if he made temporary decisions and gave up his life here on the earth to do something for God here and now, he was really gaining something down the road. He had eternity in view. That's why Paul, in the same very chapter, he can say, guys, because I live like I'm letting go, he says, I can be afflicted in every way, but never crushed. I can be perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Because I live like I'm letting go. What are you building up here and now? Are you hung up on some arguments that will end? Holding to some disappointments that will fade? Are you troubled by things that will change? Are you ready to give up what seems, maybe in a hard season going through in life, you're ready to just give up and give in? But how short that season will be further down the road. How short that season will be further down the road. We all go through loss, we all go through troubles, we all go through tribulation, tribulations, but when you put that eternal perspective in view and you make the decision to act on what it says, you can remember, life will be short, forever won't, some things matter, and some things don't. Number one, live like you're letting go. Number two, live like you're ready to go. Live ready to go. Uh, when I was younger, it seemed like, I don't even hardly remember funerals as a young person. It seems like that was just something that happened rarely. But the older I get, the more it seems like there's more and more funerals. I don't know if that's a part about just being older. It just seems like the older you get, and those of you who are more mature in years than I, there may be people, more people that you love in heaven than maybe even here on the earth. It seems like there's a song that says, it just gets sweeter right? The more you look to heaven, the sweeter it gets as you get older, and you live like you're ready to go. You know, life is short, and eternity is long, but death is certain for every single one of us, should the Lord tarry. Everyone dies, and you learn as your years go on that it can come at any moment. Not a single one of us is granted even to make it home today. That's why Proverbs says, don't boast about tomorrow, for you know not what a day may bring. So what happens? 
The Bible says that we'll all appear for this judgment seat of Christ or this great white throne judgment, that each one is going to be rewarded or condemned according to their deeds. But those who have given their heart and love to Jesus, those who have trusted in their life to give their life to Jesus, who've loved him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and have striven every day to love their neighbor as themselves, he says, come on in, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. But to those who didn't love him with all their heart, he says, depart from me, worker of iniquity. I knew you not. And whatever state you die in, listen to me, whatever state you die in, that is the state you remain in for eternity. So how sobering that should be, that I should live every moment ready to go. If I could see that down the road, how, how serious, how sobering it is to have my soul ready to go at every moment, to live abounding in the grace of God. But the author of Hebrews says, you know, that kind of, kind of fearfully, you know, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But he says, there's no fear for the believer. We're in Christ. We know that Christ has loved us and freely given his life, and we love Christ. And so that's why Paul says it to the church, and he says it this way. He says, guys... For me to stay here, man, that'd be awesome. And I would love to stay here and help you grow the church. But he says, but I know, man, that to be absent from the body, man, is to be present with the Lord. And he says, even in Philippians, he says, that I might gain anything. I will give everything up, count it as rubbish, even fellowship in his sufferings, if by any means that I might gain him. And he says in another place, he says, why? Because for me, it's living is just Christ. To me to live is Christ, but guess what? But to die is gain because I'm living ready to go. I'm not attached to things in this earth. If I, uh, Lord, hope that I make it to my 60s or 70s or 80s so I can see my kids grow in the Lord. But guess what? My greatest gain is Christ. There's no greater gain. It's not a million dollars retired and living on a yacht. It's not getting my name up in lights. It's not getting anything for myself. It's saying God is my greatest gain that I am so ready. Paul says, I am so ready to see him. Do you live like you're longing to die? That seems morbid, Pastor Heath. I don't want to die. Well, maybe we're not ready to go. Paul was ready to go. If I was to live on, I would live on and do Christ's work. But if I was to die, oh, how I would win him. Oh, how I would gain him. You know, every single one of us is going to die. I'm going to die one day. You're going to die one day. And how does my living reveal what I believe about my dying? How I live reveals what I believe about dying. Because I can see further down the road. Is it fearful to you to die? Or are you ready? How many people are longing to see Jesus? Why? Because life will be short and forever won't. And some things matter, and some things don't. Live letting go, live ready to go, and lastly is this, live like you know. Live like you know. Each day can be my last, so this should cause me to make the most of the time I have while I'm here. There's an old song we used to sing growing up. It said, farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brothers. Shine, we'll understand it all by and by. How many people sing that when you were a kid, right? 
I used to think that was the most depressing, morbid song ever. I'm like, that is, why are we singing this song? But as you get older, you're like, oh, I get it. Man, when I get there, all this is going to make sense. In the meanwhile, I can cheer up because I don't have to understand it now, but I will then. It's all going to make sense. It's all going to be good by and by when I'm with Jesus. So what should I do now? I should live happy. I should live victorious. I should be that overcomer in Christ because I see further down the road. I'm not depressed or persuaded, Paul says. I'm not overcome by tribulation. I may be pressed down, but I'm not destroyed. I may be forsaken, but I'm not abandoned. I may be given up, but guess what? I've gained Christ. We can see far enough to make the most of today. Ephesians 5 says, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Make the most of your time. Oh, how we try to make the most of our time. How much can I fit into one day? Man, don't you all just wish, I wish, I, we talked, I think somebody posted about having a day between Saturday and Sunday. I'm like, yes, please, day between Saturday and Sunday would be great. I need more time. But how do I make the most of my time? It means giving it all to Jesus. Giving it all to Jesus. Saying, God, what matters most in eternity. My kids, I want them to know the Lord. I want them to learn how to love people and spend their money and make the best decisions. I want to love people like Jesus loved people. I want to make a mark for him with what little time I have left to say, God, how can I come to you with this great reward and say, God, look what I've done in your honor because my goal in life was to please you. And I didn't care about reputation or fame. I didn't care who liked me or didn't like me. I just cared about Jesus liking me. Don't get caught up in temporary earthly things. The Bible says whatever you live for, that's what you'll reap. He says if you live for the flesh and temporary things, guess what you're going to get? The flesh temporary things. If you live for the Spirit, though, if you live for the presence of God, what you're going to gain is the presence of God, this eternal, lasting presence. He says to Timothy, Paul's about to die. And he tells his son in the faith, Timothy, as we're talking about legacy and further down the road, he said, Timothy, no soldier entangles himself in the affair of citizenship life. No soldier can do whatever they want to do. They have to do and please the one whom they are under authority to. They have to live like they're enlisted men. And he says, Timothy, that's what we're doing. We're enlisted men. We've given up our life that we can gain Christ. We are living to please Him. We don't have time to get caught up in all this other mess. We're living because we're doing something for the Lord. So make the most of your day. Lastly, he says, live different. So many people are living and dying for temporary, meaningless things. And I want my kids to show the world how to live. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians. He says, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. He says, there should be something fragrant about your life that just as someone was in the room and you can tell somebody has really strong perfume on in here, right? You know, we can tell. He says, in a world that is dying and broken and dark, be the one who stands out. Be the one who's a fragrant offering, who's living their life different, who's making decisions in light of eternity because they can see further down the road. Because why? You know what God is building for you right now is better than anything you could ever build for yourself? 
You're trying to build our life temporarily up. Be the best I can be. Be all I can be. I want to be fit. I want to be tan. I want to have white teeth. I want to have a car, two cars. I want to have a nice house. We want to do this. I want my kids to look like this and go to this school. I want my kids to go to college. We're building all this stuff now. And what we're building now is nothing compared to what he's building for you there. Make the most of this moment. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Keep him first in all things. Let earthly things go. Love people like you love yourself and tell people about the good news of Jesus. Invest. The most important investment my kids can make is not in their 401k, it's in eternity. The most important investment you can make today is in eternity. Now here's the final question. What are you going to live and die for? This week, what are you going to pass up that's meaningless? This week, what are you going to pass up this week that's meaningless? I choose to be offended. I choose to let it go. I choose to pursue that. Eh, I choose to let it go. What are you going to let go of that doesn't matter? And what are you going to set your heart on that has true value? I need to tell somebody I love them. I need to tell somebody I appreciate them. I need to speak life into someone and say, God's got plans for you. You're going to go places. You're going to do things. God loves you. All the things we could say, what really matters for that person in eternity? What do you set your heart on? Because life will be short and forever won't. And some things matter, some things don't. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Worship team, would you come? Life will be short, forever won't. Some things matter, and some things don't. What in your life you've been focusing on doesn't really matter. And how do we change it to what really matters most in life? Mom and dad, how are you living a legacy for your children, the things that matter most? How are we letting go things that we shouldn't be holding on to in this world? How do we live ready to die at any moment that we might gain Christ and be so rejoicing until that day? How do we make the most of our time to live joyfully, victoriously, overcomers in Christ? What really matters? If you're here today and if you were to die today, the Bible says you're going to face judgment. You're going to be judged on your heart motives of how much you've trusted Christ with your life. Is that a fearful thing to you? Or would you welcome it gladly? If it's fearful, maybe perhaps this morning you need to make something right with Jesus. To really know that you're saved, to know that He loves you, that He's died for you, that your heart is right with Him, that His Holy Spirit is in you, and you know that you know that you know that you're saved. I want you to be at a place where you don't doubt that. You have that eternal security that's in Christ because of his love for you and your love for him. With every head bowed and every eye closed and nobody looking around, we're just going to take a moment. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to get my heart right with Jesus. If I was to die today, I don't know where I would spend eternity, but I want to be sure. I want to know.